Welcome to the Pet Peeves Podcast, where people come together to love animals all the time, and each other sometimes. And now, your host, Albert Escobedo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of the Pet Peeves Podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we have my very good friend, Los Angeles comedian Cesar Lazardo. Uh, let's welcome Caesar to the show, everybody. All right. Well, good. Well, this is the Pet Peeves podcast, and this is a, a pet-oriented podcast, which is better we're going to do this a second time, because last time I didn't have no pet shit prepared. I was totally not prepared. Uh, so this time I do have some stuff, and people actually asked me questions online that we could talk about together with our guest. And uh, just remember that I'm a veterinary technician, not a doctor. Consult your veterinarian before you take any of my pet advice. Uh, but with that, the interview with Cesar Lazardo will commence. He is uh, my friend, Los Angeles comic, Los Angeles native, uh, roast battler, new father. Happy Father's Day yesterday. Thank you, thank you. Thank how, you was, how was your first Father's Day? It was cool, man. Um, you know, we went uh, golfing on Saturday because my dad left for the Dominican Republic last night. So, you know, we spent the, the day over there on Saturday just, you know, um, Eating some Dominican food after we played golf and stuff and hanging out with the family and then I had to go to work. Are you, are you a golfer? I never heard you talk about golfing before. Uh, golf is fun, man. I'm just not very good at it. I'm like, I'm like fair to decent at golf. Like I get some really nice shots off, but like in between all those nice shots is just fucking terrible. Is there a fire Garbage. in your kitchen? Is there a fire what? behind? There's a fire behind you. It's a candle, man. Oh, okay. I can only see the flame from here. And I'm like, oh, shit. There's about well, to be. Well, thank you for warning me. At least, at least you attempted it. Yeah, you know, like, I, I could just, like, it. watch it, like, fucking flame up and be like, oh, shit. I think your your father instincts might be on high alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what do you got there? Is that some more shakes? Oh, yeah, man. I, I just made myself a shake. This is my breakfast right here. I've been up for, like, three hours, and I haven't eaten anything. I just had some What's soda water. What's in this water. one? Uh, all right. So I do like, like four or five spoonfuls of this low fat strawberry yogurt. That's fucking delicious. Get a handful of uh, blueberries, cut up a handful of strawberries, cut up a banana. Uh, then I got this chocolate powder protein from, um, Trader Joe's. It's pretty good. I throw a couple scoops of that shit in there. And then uh, a handful of spinach. Yeah. I think that's the key ingredient right so making like a healthy shake yeah and then and spinach uh, is just like a superfood is that the yeah i keep forgetting to uh, throw avocado in there but i'm scared um and then and then i got this like mango peach apple juice that i use as like the liquid yeah spin that shit up and then i throw some big ass ice cubes in there and it makes it nice and like crunchy when you get those yeah, little yeah, ice yeah. shards in there yeah, yeah it's, it's fun it's delicious it's fun it's delicious I kind of want to do that. I mean, I was telling Diana about it from the last podcast. Caesar showed me his refrigerator during the tour that wasn't recorded. Uh, and he had some dope shit. And we used to make shakes here. Me and Diana, we have a, 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 a what do you call it? A fucking blender, like a proper blender, a good one. And we were making some really good stuff. But I don't know. I guess it's just like anything. Once you do it for a while, you kind of get tired of it. It's like anything else. I have, I have no discipline when it comes to dieting. Like I just like to eat a variety of foods. Any diet that like I have to eat the same shit all the time, I get bored. 
Yeah, but that's the thing, man. You were born skinny. You've always been skinny. You're in your like you're in your early thirties, and you're still like super skinny. So it's like, yeah, you can eat anything you want, like tacos at three a.m. Yeah, but I got I got the stomach. I got the belly forming, the the panza, as we call it in Spanish, and it doesn't look good on me. I'm too skinny. I got that bit about skinny fat, and it's it reigns true. But uh, you know, I go through cycles where I'll get the belly, and it's normally from drinking beer, which I'm doing right now. I got my Bud Light on. It is two o'clock in the afternoon on my day off. It's, it's not that it's crazy. Five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, no, I was getting wasted this weekend. I think I'm just kind of still like trying to cure my hangover from Saturday night. I was at my cousin's wedding and I got hammered. I saw those Snapchats. I yeah, saw it was fun. Sna- I'm not always on Snapchat, but I was on Snapchat that day. I was like, oh shit, I forgot I had Albert on here, and I was like, let me see what's up. Like, oh shit, wedding. What's up? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little wedding. It was fun. I had because I went to college with that cousin that got married so he and i got closer when we were older oh. when we were young he's he's like six years older than me so when we were little we weren't close but then we just happened to go to college at the same time because he went to the navy after high school and mm. then went to college and then Smart. that's when he and i started hanging out uh so then that, that was my first you really guys co- in your 20s and shit yeah we're all in our 20s and we're all at college and we're all just having fun together uh, and it was, you know, six years difference isn't that much when you're all over 20. You know? Right, right, right. Uh, and I'm pretty cool. So yeah, I'm fun <laughs> to hang out with. I'm fun to hang out. I'm not like a normal young guy. I was I'm, always fun to hang out with. They were telling me stories that I barely remember about being all wasted because he, he was there with all his friends that because of that college situation i knew a bunch of his friends and then my other cousins we all went to purdue at the same time and we so we were all together for the first time in a long time in an environment where it's okay to get crazy drunk fuck you know what yeah I mean? fuck yeah sounds like a it good was time. like college days we were taking shots we were fucking talking shit Playing we were pong. fucking fighting with each other and just talking about the old days it was like fighting were you guys wrestling and shit no, none of that went down. We were all dressed too nice, I guess. <laughs> and all of our girls, are, everybody's wifed up now, so that changes the element a bit, too. Wow. No one wants to get too crazy. Right, right. So, wait, was your cousin's girl, was she pregnant, or were they, they did it she, legit? They had just had a baby. They just had oh, a baby. Oh, shit. Like, in I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Oh, no, no, no. You were saying because they're Latino. And that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, what, you well, know how sure. we do. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah, man. That's what you're doing. You're already yes. doing it. Man, shit, man. I'm baby gonna, first, right? Yeah, then we'll yeah, see baby. if the relationship works. <laughs> you said it not let's me. see if this baby is glue you said it not me <laughs> <laughs> no that's how it goes but, but diana and i could have had a baby a thousand times by now we just luckily didn't you know it's not like yeah. we're being careful or anything we're not so it's just like one of, it's one of those things i feel like relationships are that way it's like it works out or it doesn't you, you you hope that it works out with the right one that's all you could hope for yeah basically man yeah, so speaking of that, since all of episode one might be a wash, let's talk a little, a little about your baby situation. When it's uh, baby Mia is how old? She is five months and a couple weeks, and she's just fucking adorable, man. I just she is she she's she, really, she's, she's, really really, she's a really good looking baby. She's smart. She's loving. She likes to laugh. Yeah, she's so sweet and she's super so, healthy. Super healthy, yeah. Knock on awesome. wood. Yeah, yeah, she's she's good, man. She's I couldn't ask for a better baby. I couldn't. I mean, you know, she could cry a little bit less, but she's a fucking baby. Babies cry, man. So it's like even yeah, even yeah. when she does cry, you know, we just feed her a bottle or whatever. She's fine, you know. But she's, and what's it like being a daddy comedian? What's that like? 
Uh, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to actually get spots. You know, uh, I was looking at my phone and all right. So, you know, I do the Arsenal open mic. Uh, I host this mic on Sundays. I was looking at my voice memos from just from the last 30 days from, you know, yesterday to May 16th or whatever. In the last 30 days, I've done four open mics. Ooh, four. Okay. I used to do seven. Not a, a week. lot to the world of not comedians. Yeah, I used that's to not, do. That's I not used, very many. I used to average seven mics a week. Okay, now I'm I've done four in a month, and three of those mics were the mic that I hosted, which means mm. that I wasn't even really getting quality time because when I go host my mic, I don't really usually do a full set. You know, sometimes I'll just kind of like fuck around, like throw a few things out there, but you know, I kind of just. Go there unprepared and then just throw it to the people and let them do their thing. You know what I mean? So last night I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the Arsenal and then I'm going to hit at least one mic afterwards. I went to the improv and I had a good set. It was cool. And it pissed me yeah, off. It pissed me off because, uh, you know, it was three minute sets and I literally was in the middle of my punchline before I was about to get off and they started playing me off. I was like, bitch, I'm a father. Today is Father's Day. You guys going to give me the extra five seconds to just let me finish my set, you know? Damn, did but, you say that? No, what was I going to say? They already nah, booted me off the, the stage. Music. Yeah, they're playing the music. Yeah, that's kind of What are you doing, you know? No, nah, you can't be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Even uh, if you want to be, it's not a good idea. Yeah, and, you know, I dropped a couple N-bombs, uh, and uh, Ken Gar was like, afterwards, he's like, I wasn't sure if Caesar could say the N-word, but then he ran the light, so I'm pretty sure he's allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fair. He got like, you. Whatever. I ran a light by a few seconds. I'm like, fuck this guy. Nah, that's crazy. That's a lottery spot, right? Yeah. That's why. So I, you got you got pulled early or late? Uh, kind of like it middle late, you know. But it, there so, wasn't that many people there last night. No. No. I mean, like, interesting. Usually there's so like a the hundred. Popular... Usually there's like a hundred people or something. It was only like yeah. fifty. So the improv open mic is it still in that little sidebar, like right in the front? Yeah, 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 yeah. So exactly. they do a, a improv open mic, but lottery on Mondays or Sundays. I mean, Tuesdays and Sundays, I think. Tuesdays and Sundays. Man, man, I've been so out the game. I've just been like working every day. That's a thing. So like, I've picked up a couple extra shifts uh, bartending. Uh, so now I'm bartending Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Okay, so that's four days that I'm already not. Picking up shows. Able, or able yeah. to do, yeah. Able to do shows. And then, which sucks, you know, because it's like, people are like, hey, can you do Friday or Saturday night here or there? And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I'm sorry. No, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to make this rent money real quick, you know, because it's basically just me working, you know. Yeah, so, and you got the unfortunate position that you're going to make the most money on Friday, Saturday nights, obviously. Exactly, yeah. And, you can't you know, say no to that dollar, dollar bill, father. I was actually planning on hitting some mics tonight. Because uh, I'm like, man, I got to get back on this grind, you know? Like, I feel like my little stand-up muscles, like, weakening. I'm like, I got to yeah, go well. do some reps, you know? Go do some reps. And go it, do some it comedy felt, push-ups. It felt, it felt so good yesterday. It felt good, you know? I uh, know what but, you mean. But I haven't really been able to work on anything new. And I was going to go out tonight, and then uh, one of my coworkers is like, hey, uh, I, I, my, I lost my voice. Can you uh, come cover me tonight at 4.30? I'm like... Yeah, all right. Yeah, I need the money can't anyway. Say, yeah, can't say no to the money. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's like I'm doing okay money wise, but I'm still always just trying to save up more. 
you know? No, you got to be smart. And you are smart with your money of a lot of comedians that I know and just people I know. You are good and smart. And so I respect you for that. Don't, Thank you. Uh, don't, <laughs> let, don't let comedy bring you down. Trust me. It's better to, like, now that I'm 35, I wish I would have just been smarter with my money. But I was always going. Wait, balls you're 35? To the wall. I thought you were 33 or something. I'm 34. I'll be 35 34, in September. Okay. okay, shit. So I'm I'm not far away from 35. I can mid, see it. Mid 30s, baby. Yeah, right man, now I'm you're in your early mid 30s. You're in your early mid 30s. I'm still right early. I'm still early 30s. Early early 30s, I think. Right? Or did I miss that at 34? Yeah, 34 is still like early 30s, but it's like your mid. It's like it's like your late early 30s slash. <laughs> Early mid thirties, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm on the downside. <laughs> mid thirties, I guess. Yeah, you've only got three year, good years left, probably. Yeah, no, I got to get my shit together. I got to start working out. I got to start eating right. I got to start doing more stand up. Uh, but luckily, like I done, I just looked at my list real quick when you were mentioning you. I done eleven shows in the last thirty days, which is not a lot. Not, not a lot, lot, no. No, because like you, like in my at the height of when I was doing a lot of comedy, I was doing a, like ten shows a week. 10 shows a week which isn't that's even that much because there's that's some of those lot. grinders in la that are doing like five sets two, of night. three shows a night yeah right but i mean that's so on that's like how long yeah, can rare. you really yeah how long can you really do that for? yeah that you means you have I mean? nothing else going on you know literally I mean? nothing like you're, yeah, you're like your parents are millionaires and they set you up at a nice little condo and like yeah your job is to go bomb on stage five nights a week that's your job right right I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think that's why I even did a little bit well in L.A. at all, because I... Hi, Chanel. <laughs> oh, she can't hear you. Uh, Albert says hi. hi. He, he's, he's, he caught you. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. She was like, she's like, are you recording? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. And then she left the room, and then she came back just now to get something, but she was like trying to tiptoe. <laughs> Trying to, right. trying to tiptoe around like you wouldn't no, see good. her. It's good to see her. I haven't seen her in a long time. And, yeah, uh, she, you know, when I go to L.A. in August, I'm not sure if Diana is going to come with me or not because she's what? starting. That's the next thing I'm going to say. She's starting two new jobs. So my girl's about to have two jobs. She's still uh, doing accounting and stuff? Doing what? Accounting. Oh, yeah. Well, for one of the jobs. So one of the jobs is like helping this lady run her company. And the other job is working at the casino as a server. So my cousin is a head bartender at the casino. And she told Diana that she can get her a job where she makes like $600 a night at the casino. Oh, fuck. And so we're like, fuck, yeah, we'll take it. You know, so I I know that she don't want to work two jobs and I don't want her to work two jobs. But, man, that's a lot of fucking money to say no to. And we don't have a kid. Right. And so it's like that's money that you guys can like fucking do stuff with. Yeah. You guys can like go to China or or fucking go to Fiji or go on vacations. Yeah. Yeah, We want to do that. Like Fiji and fucking France or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Paris and we want to do all this stuff. And we're still trying to get married. We still want to have a wedding and a honeymoon and all that. And we are not even close to having that kind of money. So we're like, you know, nobody wants to do budget honeymoon. Get out. I'm telling you right now, I get married in Vegas. <laughs> oh, do it at one of those little, do it at one of those little drive-through. Uh, I would do it, man. You think I wouldn't? Dude, you think I'm man. above that? That sounds like a great idea to me. I don't know. And like, I'm not the only one. People do it all the goddamn yeah, time. I'm like, I'd be down to get married it if it didn't for cost fifty thousand dollars for a fucking wedding. Like, hell yeah, dude! I couldn't do me? that. I got a wedding budget of like three to four hundred dollars. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so stressful for everybody who's in it too. And like, I've talked to so many people like all right one of my coworkers just got married right and she's like 28 or something like that and 
she told me like literally the budget was fifty thousand dollars, and she was like a couple months out from from getting married and I was like so how's like all the wedding stuff going she's like oh my god it's so stressful because you know like every day I have to do something I have to meet with the florist I have to meet with the venue I have to meet with the you know the dress uh, I gotta figure yeah, the out the tuxes like, the photographer and like, everything man decorations it's, yeah. the DJs like everything takes so much planning it takes so much money and then what ends up happening is you get to the wedding and as the bride and groom you have to be in hair and makeup for hours and then you have to be in a stuffy you know uniform and then you do the whole ceremony and everybody goes off and does cocktail hour while you're stuck taking pictures for about an hour right Uh then you you get there and everybody's like starting to get you know boozy and stuff and you want a drink and you want something to eat you're probably fucking starving but then what do you got to do you got to go shake Take more pictures you gotta go shake 200 hands right <laughs> and everybody wants a selfie everybody wants a selfie yeah and then you gotta do like all the other like ceremonial shit and it's like by the end of the mm-hmm. day you haven't even had a piece of your own fucking cake you know what i mean i and just witnessed like, it man i was just at a wedding it's exactly what you're describing yeah <laughs> and it's like and at the end of the day the wedding is for all the guests you know what yeah. I mean? It's a big and, show for and, us. Yeah, it's a ceremony. It's fifty thousand dollars that you're putting in, investing for you know maybe forty or a hundred other people. You know what I mean? Well, and you don't have to. Let me tell you, my cousin got married in his backyard with a friend of theirs was an ordained minister. So I would say he probably spent in the ballpark of maybe five grand on the whole thing. And uh, I don't think that's a bad way. But he's forty and she's thirty eight and divorced and already had been married before. So they're you like, know? yeah, they, whatever. They're yeah, like, they're just like whatever. Let's just get it done. We just need to invite our close friends and family, and it was nice. There was maybe 40, 50 people there, and there was food, there was drinks, there was music, it was dope. and it was cool. But I was there the day before with my brother building the stages, building the tents. Like we oh, put wow. that shit together. Wow. So it was like, that's how you save money, man. Do it and do it yourself. Do it at your house in your backyard with shit that you bought and put together. That's what's up, man. Well, that's cool though. So wait, your brother, your brother is not living like in that hippie commune anymore. No, he's he's in Missouri or some shit. He he left the Missouri commune and he's going to Virginia. Oh Uh, shit! He said there's he said there's too many racist white people in Missouri, so he wants to go to the Virginia farm (laughs) where it's more diverse. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I believe him. I was like, dude, yeah, of course. Well, there's more black people in Virginia, but yeah, but Virginia. Is not historically the least racist state. No, it's so. still pretty racist. But he said that this commune that he's visited it before and it's better. Oh wow, that's crazy. And he's uh he's visited this other commune a couple of times, so he's going there knowing that. Well, he still wants to change. In general, he's been at the other place for seven years. Wow. So he just said he wants something new. Uh, and I get it. When I went to the other commune, it is a lot of weird fucking hippie white people. Like you can only. Take, take it so long? In my, in my opinion, in my opinion, like it was hard for me to take just because goofy shit, you know, these two dudes sword fighting naked in the front lawn. Like, I don't what really want to look at that while I'm eating. And, you know, I guess I, you got to be open minded. Are you serious? There's farm. two guys sword fighting naked in the front lawn? Yeah. And then there's another guy naked doing yard work. And then some lady comes in the shower while I'm showering and some old dude comes in the shower while I'm showering. They just start showering next to you. Yeah, it's a co-ed shower, but you know, you could just wait five minutes to the first person in front of you to shower so you can wow. get out. But they, like, want to. They want to get in there with you and talk. <laughs> it's like, this and is I'm why like, we're here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, nah, man, I need to shit and shower alone. 
Can you get my? Yeah, can you get this part of my back? <laughs> Scrub my back. Uh, you know, and there was like a cute girl who got in the shower with me one time too, and that was even more nerve wracking. I didn't know what to do. I was single at the time. This really cute girl gets in the shower when I'm in the shower, starts chatting it up with me, and I'm just like, damn, man. Is she? Is this an opportunity? What's going on here? Am I gonna like, like, is break it cool? all the hippies? Is it cool that I have a boner, or will I get kicked out? Yeah, for this? exactly. I'm trying to. <laughs> exactly. Do I get kicked out for having a boner, or should I cover it up? And maybe that would make her feel awkward. What if covering up my boner is the wrong thing to do? You never know. What if man. you're supposed to let it fly? Shit, this is, man. I don't know. These I are real tough questions, you know. But I can understand. Why? You why think you, you want to be a hippie till you go there and you see the life, and it's deep, man. It's a lot deeper than you think. You gotta really, really <laughs> want to be a hippie. I was. Uh, you ever watch Shameless on HBO or Showtime? I, I did in like the first season, but Dude, not anymore. That show is so fucking hilarious, man. It's so funny. It's a good show. I don't and know why I stopped there's watching one, it. There's one part where they uh <laughs> they go to like this hippie commune somewhere, like a I think it was like probably in Missouri or some shit like that. I know it was because the show takes place in Chicago. It might have been in Indiana, actually. That's the Maybe, funny part. Right? That's the funny That's part. Possible. I'm pretty sure the commune was in Indiana, right? And uh, they were like, they're, it was just like so funny. They had to take like all the sh- the compost was made out of shit, right? And they're yeah. literally like, we're just like shoveling shit into a big pile, and then they were yeah. using that shit to like grow all their food. Yeah, and man. like people didn't even realize it until like afterwards. They're like, oh man, we're eating like your sh- like literally people's shit food. Go like. Everybody that's here has their shit in my strawberries. This yeah. is fucking disgusting. I never thought about that, but now that you're mentioning it, that's pretty fucking gross. And that's exactly what we were doing, because we all had to shit in buckets. That's exactly how you had to shit at the hippie farm. There's just an outhouse with a curtain, and underneath the hole that you're sitting on is just a bucket. And somebody's got to clean bucket, that. Someone's got to clean that. somebody's job to transfer the outhouse shit buckets to the compost pile. Yeah. That they it, later use to grow food. That's fucking disgusting, dude. That is fucking disgusting. See yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I wish saying? you didn't bring that and up. The, and you then should like, not have brought that up. But that's real hippie life, man. Yeah, you want to be a hippie? Yeah, and then, and then you know, you like, the you're, talk, you're the... You, you walk the walk. You're, you're the new guy on campus, so you got to be the one to shovel the shit probably, right? And they're like, all right, here yeah, you go, yeah, new yeah, guy. yeah. It is like that. My brother told me that once you've been there for so long, you get like seniority over which jobs you want and don't want. Wow. Yeah. See, you know, I would not. That's like the equivalent of getting jumped into a gang. You know, it's like it is like that. It's like you want to be in this gang. You got to shovel this shit, nigga. Like, it's no, amazing. It's no, like, no, it thank a... you. I'm going to just well, go back to where there's like roads and like flushing toilets. And yeah, you guys have toilet I... paper? No. OK. There no. was a hotel <laughs> 20 minutes away and a gas station, like a hotel and a gas station 20 minutes away. And when my sister went with me to the hippie farm, she wouldn't shit in the bucket or shower at the people's hut or whatever so she would drive to the gas station to take a shit and uh (laughs) times that she wanted to take a shower she just wouldn't she wouldn't take a shower but when my mom went down there they stayed in the hotel and wow. go like drive to the hippie farm and hang out Why, with my brother. Why your mom visited back. the hippie farm? That's crazy. She's so. been there a couple of times. I know she stayed in the farm before, and she stayed at the hotel. But when she stayed on the farm, I don't know if she ever showered there. Wow. I feel like I feel like she shouldn't. But my mom's kind of a hippie. Is she really? My mom was born in the '60s and went through all that '60s and '70s. Hmm. So she's got some hippiness in her. That's funny. 
Dude, I can't imagine like taking my, to my mom to a hippie commune. She'd be like praying somewhere in the corner the entire time, <laughs> like "Adios mio, por favor, <laughs> save these people." <laughs> it was, yeah, but I mean, no, like, man, all right, so like, the hippie commune were they like doing like a bunch of like drugs and shit? Is it like a bunch of? I like, mean, they smoked weed. They were doing like ecstasy. They were getting wasted, drunk. They drinking like moonshine and shit. So getting wasted is part of the culture. But uh, they also were there kids fought. there? Yeah, they they did what? Were there kids there? Yeah, there was kids. There was kids, old people, and some of the kids were like schooled on the farm, and then some of the kids walked down the road and caught a bus to the public school. Wow, that's crazy, man. I want to, like, I wonder if there's like, I mean, there's got to be, but I just don't know any adults who are raised on hippie communes because I know that like. A lot of them. No, there they, is somebody that you know, that one comedian from the comedy store, because he's got a bit about it. Uh, guy's name is like something that's a girl's name. It's like Tracy or something like that. But it's a guy. What does he look like? White guy. I don't okay. know. He's a doorman. He's a door guy. Hang on. I'll try to find it. A white guy, door guy with kind of a girl's name? Yeah, his name is like Tracy, and he's Tr- a boy. Tracy. Skinny, fat, tall. Uh, I don't skinny, know. No- I don't He's know. like your size. He's like your size. What would you call yourself? Um, like Adonis, uh, mm. like like uh, Will Smith, Will Smith's body <laughs> double, probably. <laughs> yeah, so that but like, white. like slim white buff. I, I'm I'm like slim buff. He's like an attractive white guy, but that's not going to help you because it's a lot. It's very nondescript. Uh, Curtis, I, Curtis. No, uh, hang on, it's coming to me. Uh. How old is he? Yeah, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. Abby, Abby Roberg. Oh, Abby Roberts, yeah. Robert. Really? He was yeah. he was raised on a hippie commune. Yeah, uh. he said that's one of his bits that he was raised on a hippie commune and uh, something else like a part of a cult. He was in a cult or something. Mm. That is weird. Because he's got this whole bit about Scientology. And uh, part of the bit is you you can't out cult me. I was raised on a hippie commune and something something. Wow. It's on Laugh Factory. He's got a joke on Laugh oh. Factory on YouTube. I've actually seen that he had a, a Laugh Factory clip, but I don't remember if it was that. He might have several ones. I, I want to send it to you, but I, I don't want to click it because then it's going to start playing. And I don't know if you, the recording Scab- will pick it up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll play it later. Just watch it later. Abby yeah. Robert's yeah, Scientology. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I should have known what you were talking about when you said a guy with a chick's name. I was like, I don't know who the fuck you talking Okay, yeah. I knew that you had known it because I had met him a couple times, like during the uh, show up, go up show. That's yeah. when I would see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was cool. He would always talk shit about all the other comedians on stage, but like joking, you know? And he was funny. Yeah. Yeah, Uh-oh. I thought that was funny. I think we have a visitor. Is it yeah. baby? Is it baby yeah. time? Yeah. Just don't get uh, Chanel's like, just don't get me in it. Uh, I don't want to see. She's like, oh. but the oh. recording doesn't get sent out, just the audio telling. Uncle Albert. Hi, baby. Say hi, Mia. Is this baby's first Skype interview? Uh, I believe it is her first Skype interview. What's it like being a baby? She, oh, she can't three hear words you. or less. What's it? Hold on. No way, it's gonna be all loud, isn't it? Hello, baby. Hi. Hi, that's Albert. You see him? Hi, baby. Hi, Mia. Hi. I like your pretty bow. Yeah, that's Albert. He's talking to you. 
She is looking around. She gets something's going on. She can hear me. Yeah, she <laughs> can hear That me. was a half smile. <laughs> Hi, baby. She's so pretty. Yeah, I know. I'm so I pretty. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is America. This is America. <laughs> yeah, no, she's amazing. I love this little thing. I was doing my dad's sets last night, talking about my babies. Oh, yeah? How does that go over? Uh, it went well until, you know, I got played off at the end during my fucking punchline. <laughs> I had to, I literally had to yell my punchline over the music playing. It was like, oh, and I was like, punchline! And then I got off. Was like, oh, there anybody, uh, there that you know? Uh, yeah, there's a good amount of comics I knew, a good amount of comics I'd never seen before. Um, but, I mean, dude, it's so crazy, man. It's like... I don't know if I think I was talking to you a little while ago where I was just like, man, I fucking just, I think I had this conversation with you and I had this conversation with Darren. I was like, man, I'm at the point where I just fucking hate everybody in the scene, man. Everyone's a piece (laughs) of shit. Everybody's just like out for themselves. Nobody gives a fuck about you. Everybody's just like, they look at you and they keep stepping. You know, if you have like one bad set, you're a pariah, like, Fuck all these fake motherfuckers, right? I'm, I'm like, I'm tired of going to the same open mic, seeing the same motherfuckers, seeing their same fucking piece of shit, you know, smug looks. Every time I look up, look at them, they look like, they look at me like they're better than me and shit. It's like, I just hate everybody, right? And it's like, almost as soon as I said that, the next, every time I've gone to an open mic after that, like more than 50% of the audience are, are comics that I've never seen before. And I'm like, huh. oh, cool. That's like... I put that out into the into the universe. I don't want to see most of these motherfuckers anymore. And they brought and me a somebody whole, new. Yeah, they brought me like a whole barrage of brand new comics. That is good. That is true. At least you have that advantage that you're actually from there, so you're not going anywhere, and you're going to see the rotation. You're going to see the turnover. Yeah, that's a crazy thing, man. People like already. How off. many people have left that you knew? I mean, aside from me, there has to be others. I think a lot of people drop out and you just don't even notice, you know? You don't even know where they went, right? Yeah, you know? I mean, people just move to the valley and then they're stuck in the valley mics and then you never see them because you don't go to valley mics or, you know? I know some what about are- the, the the main crew when I was around? It was like Tom Whalen and Darren and Eric and they're Victor. All, yeah, they're all still around for sure. Um, I haven't seen Jesus in a long time. Victor Moon hasn't done comedy in like a year i don't think yeah so like yeah people have been dropping off i think what about like I think uh, kyle like, harris wait kyle you mean kyle henson kyle henson my bad i don't see him too much but i think he just does like marty's a lot but i think I he just know. hangs out in marty's right yeah but i don't know i i, I don't do you I ever do really the next him. stage theater anymore Barubians? it's too late man and like i got a baby now you know it's like you sign up at, i mean because it was tough to do that when I didn't have a baby because, like, I would get home at 3 in the morning and, you know, I got somebody to answer to, you know. They're like, oh, what do you mean you're at open mic till 3? I'm like, dude, I was at open mic till 3. I got the freaking 11. Yeah. I waited for four hours to get up. There's, like, 100 people showed up. Everybody's doing five yeah. or six minutes, you know. It's like, yeah. it takes forever, you know. And That's it's how like, it goes. If you get up before midnight, cool, but it's like, 
you know, it gets to the point where you're sitting there for like two hours and it's like almost two in the morning. You're like, okay, do I leave and get home or do, uh, but like, that'll be a waste of my time because I just spent the last two or three hours here. If I leave now and they call me five minutes later while I'm like just down the road, like I'm going to be pissed, you know? You'll regret it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it gets to that point in the night. It's like, man, I've already wasted so much time here. I might as well stick it out. And then you end up getting home at three thirty, and then, you know. It's like not a good look, you know. It's like, what were you doing out till three in the morning? No, know? it's not good. I can't do that. I mean, even now, like I'm gonna do a couple sets tonight in Chicago. I'm gonna probably do three or four open mics, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Three of them are really fun, and that I've been doing on a regular basis. All comedy scenes, in my opinion, because I've been a part of a couple now, are the same. That you have to. F- Go, keep going to a bunch of open mics. Keep going to a bunch of different ones until you find a few of them that you like performing at, that you do well at. The host likes you. You like the host. Your jokes work well there. The bartender's cool. The fucking door guy's cool. It's not that hard to find parking. And then just keep going to those over and over and over again and then fucking develop connections with those comedians and hope that those guys are also getting on shows, booking shows, getting booked on shows, producing shows, a part, a part, knows and another guy in another show you start making friends that way by going to the same open mics over and over and over again yeah. that's how you make friends that's how i met caesar i met you at the uh flappers uh, what flappers in the bar open mic yeah man and i i used to go there regularly i got a lot through flappers shout out to flappers man they helped me out a lot in los angeles flappers is a good club that gets shit on so regularly yeah <laughs> yeah I, that was a big part of so some of my hard. blog it it's funny so to hard. shit on flappers. It is, but if you're a new comic in LA, that isn't a good place to get your start. Oh, absolutely, because they'll they'll basically you go in, you do your audition, and then even if you fucking bomb, they'll be like, "Hey, do you want to come in? Just bring four people," you know? Yeah, right. They'll book you, and if you're good, they'll move you from the Yuhu room, yeah, Yuhu room to the main stage. And if you do well on the main stage, then they'll keep bringing you back they'll keep bringing you back even if you don't bring any people because i'm not from los angeles it was really hard for me to bring people after the first first or second show uh but after that they liked me that guy richie lease was booking shows and he liked me and that one girl i think her name is christina or something they have a pretty good network of just locals that like to go to their shows which is like weird you know like if i lived in burbank Burbank. I wouldn't think like, oh, let me go to you know flappers and watch comedy. I wouldn't think there's that. a lot of people though. I mean, eventually people are gonna get tired of going to the movies. You know, there's got to be something else to do. And I think it's in a good location. There's a lot of foot traffic there where people are like, oh, let's catch a comedy show. Yeah. Um, no, it is in a great location. It's like right at the center of Burbank, uh, like where the little um, like uh, districts with all the like bars and shit are. So yeah. It's Did a you good ever spot. hang out in Burbank when you were uh, growing up? No, negative. Um, <laughs> I went out there like one time to hit up the Ikea. You know, it's just like there's like so many so, cities within Los Angeles and every city has its own shit. So like you never really have to go far out of your little five mile bubble, you know. So you where did you hang out? Say you're in high school, because when I was in high school, that's probably when I did my most like exploring my local area. So what did you do when you were in high school? Um, so I went to high school in Santa Monica. And I lived like five miles east of Santa Monica. So uh, it only take me like 15 minutes to get there in the morning, but I had to take the bus back and that would take like an hour, hour and a half. Uh, but I mean, like we were close to the pier. We were walking distance from the promenade. The promenade is only like, I don't know, like a f- 10 minute walk maybe. Because the promenade is on 3rd Street and we were on 7th Street. Damn, that's super close. So yeah, it was it was like... Two blocks over and four blocks down. So that's really close. So, yeah, we would go to the so, beach all the time. 
We we do all sorts of stuff. Uh, we go bowling. We got we we went bowling so much one summer that my one of my friends was just like, dude, I'm never bowling again ever in my life. <laughs> like that's kind of the shit that we did. I mean, it's so hard. There's like not a whole lot to do when you're a kid, you know? Like no, I don't know. But like we would go to the mall or go to the park or go to my friend's basement, you know? Because we, <laughs> we didn't have the beach. You know, we, but I think we would probably go to the beach a lot. Now, when we did, ha- the beach is here, but you know, it can only go so many times during the year when it's not too cold. Yeah, Lake Michigan isn't that far from me. Lake Michigan is giant. It's like a beach. Yeah, and you can't it's see like the other ocean side, right? Beach. You can't see the other side, right? And it's uh, hot enough, say June, July, and the year that you can go to the beach. But that's about it. June and July is about that's your beach season. Yeah. <laughs> and then August, it's like cold again and shit. And like, oh, August, it's this. already getting cold again. It's already like damn. 60. God damn, that is terrible. Because for, for us, we start ramping up in like July. Because like right now, it's like kind of gloomy. It gets like, there's like clouds and shit until like 4 or 5 in the afternoon. Then it kind of clears up. But then it's already like nighttime. Um, so like June hasn't been the hottest, honestly. Um, June like, gloom, though. Yeah, That's exactly. And then like July, it starts to get like regularly hot. And then like... August, September, October, it's like reaching a hundred, like most of the time. Hell so, yeah, I remember. I loved it. Cerritos yeah. was probably the hottest Cerritos of all the places hot I fuck. lived. Yeah, fuck and, up. And uh, Long Beach was not as hot. Long Beach was less hot because I was so close to the water. Yeah. Long Beach was the, was a nice city to live in. I, I miss Long Beach. I almost moved to Long Beach, but I'm glad I didn't, man, because that shit is far from LA. It is far. That's the only thing that sucks. It's like 45 minute drive away at nighttime when there's no traffic. Yeah, exactly. So, mm. but I mean, like in comparison to all the shit that I could find out here, so like. The two bedroom that I have here in Inglewood is sixteen hundred, fifteen ninety five, which is really good because Hell the yeah. two bedroom that we got is like new floors, new carpet, new bathroom, new kitchen, everything, right? Uh, new paint jobs. We're the first people to live in it since they redid it. Like actually, when we came to see it, like there was no floor, there was no floor, there was no appliances. Like the they cabinets hadn't even yeah. And then, like when we came in a month later, it was all done. Uh, but it's like for six, like this apartment could very easily be $3,000, like two miles down the road. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Uh, but like, this is like by far, by far the best deal that we could find, you know? Cause everything else was like for a two bedroom, one bathroom, like what we have, we're looking at like 2,200, 2,500, 2,800. It's so like, how'd you find this place? fucking craigslist i think um that was the crazy part is like we paid like 60 bucks to join uh apartments.com or whatever the other one is zillow and shit like not that. zillow there's i think it's apartments.com or it's one of the ones that they make you join there's so you can see the like, listings uh, and shit it's really popular out there in la it's like west la west side re- rentals leasing. west side rentals that's west the side one. lenders yeah west side rentals that's the one that we did for like 60 bucks right and like everything that we found on there it was just all horseshit it was like all super overpriced like we didn't even use it we ended up using craigslist and like we only use it like the first couple of days and we had the subscription for two months yeah, <laughs> like, that sucks. I was like, fuck, man. Like, I, I should have asked for my money back, but by the time we talked about it, I think I paid like, oh, them, too, it. when I was looking for a place to live, and I ended up finding a place on Craigslist. Yeah, exactly. When I found my place in Long Beach, it was through Craigslist. Both the places I found in Long Beach were through Craigslist. Yeah, so it's like, it was it was a complete wash. It was bullshit. But, um, but yeah, man, like, Long Beach, you could find, like, two-bedroom apartments for, like, 1300 1200 I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Are you serious? 
things, you know, and it was like but you gotta close live to the water, far. but you got to live in Long Beach, yeah, which, you know. Yeah, Long Beach isn't bad because you got that, there's like a gray area of where it's not that bad. Like anything between like 7th and 10th is okay. Anything like north of 10th is a little bit too close to Compton. And like north, as soon as you get into North Long Beach, it starts to get a little bit bad. <laughs> yeah, it starts to get bad. Like, well, just, I lived on Seventh and I lived on Tenth, and there was a big difference between Seventh and Tenth. Really? But uh, yeah, just you could just see it. It's just obvious. It's just like super obvious because once you get to like Fourth Street, is where it's super hipster and rich. Yeah. Between Fourth and First, which is because like know, Pacific Second Coast Highway. Second Street is where all the bars are and shit, right? Yeah, so and then you're like, lives over yeah, there. exactly. And it's super nice over there on once you get to Fourth. So it's like. Where I lived on 7th and Cherry, and 10th and Cherry, that little area is not bad. It's affordable. It's not that ghetto. Uh, I lived in uh, little, what was it, little Cambodia. And it was all Cambodian people, and they never fucked with me. Nobody ever said in nothing. In Long Beach? In Long Beach. It was a little Cambodia. I didn't know there was a little Cambodia. And it was, yeah, it was nice. Everybody was cool. I would see the same fucking people every single day. Going to work, coming home from work, outside with their families, and we would say hi to each other, and it made me feel comfortable. But I did see that dude get shot in front of my apartment. Did I tell you about that? What? Wait, I think, sure. you, I think I, you might I have told me, but you. I forgot. It was a long time ago. This was like 2000, well, I guess 2016 or 17, right in front of my parking garage. So, like, I'm trying to drive down the street and turn left to go into my parking garage and there's a car blocking the traffic is a car parked in the middle of the road so you can't go either way down the road both ways are being blocked but i'm over here thinking and it's uh the car parked in the middle of the road there's a big black dude standing outside talking to somebody else who's on the sidewalk another black dude right so these two people are having like a normal like conversation it seemed like they knew each other so I'm just being patient and I'm waiting. And then a car comes from the other way trying to go the opposite direction that I'm going and is not being patient. Starts honking, blowing up his phone or horn. And then uh, the black dude who was standing outside of the car says something to that car. Somebody in that car pops out, little Mexican dude. He couldn't have been more than like 15 years old. Jumps out, bam, big cannon gun. Dude, this gun with huge noise, huge flash. And shot one time, the black dude like, it, it, his back was to me, the big black dude. He like slouched over and just like fell into the car that he was in. And then the car that he was in drove away. And then the car that shot him drove the opposite direction, like right past me. And then I went into my parking garage and uh, stayed in my car for a while because I was worried about them like coming back. I don't know. I was just scared. Wow. So I just stayed in my car for a while. And you didn't like but call the cops or anything? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's a true vato right there. No, no snitch. <laughs> I did not. There was a lot of people around. So, I mean, it was a busy corner. So, I mean, somebody else heard it. Somebody else saw it. I just didn't want to get involved, you know? That's crazy, man. Dude. It was crazy. And that little 15-year-old kid, he hopped out of that car like he was ready. Like, that's what he went outside to do that day. Wait for somebody to talk some shit so he could shoot him. That's insane, man. It was, yeah, it was it was crazy. The guy looked like my brother. I told the story a bunch of times, and that's how I always described him. He looked like my brother Jaime, skinny little Mexican dude. Wow, I think I do remember you telling me that. Yeah, that's insane, man. Yeah, man, there's so, there's it's so crazy. Like I see I see so many like people getting shot by cops every day. I just saw one that happened after the Warriors parade in uh, in San Francisco. Did you see that? No, I did not. So there's like four Mexican dudes like uh, standing on a corner. You know, there's a bunch of people everywhere. The streets are littered with people. I think it was right after the parade because they won last week, right? Sure. And, yeah. and uh, there's like just four dudes that got open containers 
And a cop comes up to them and is like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, just chilling. And they're like, where do you think you are right now? Like, San Francisco? And he's like, excuse me? And, like, one of them tries to walk away. He's like, uh-uh, you're not going anywhere. He's like, he's like, you guys aren't supposed to be drinking in public, right? And, like, right then, the guy who initially tried to walk away books it, just fucking starts running. And the guy chases after him. He's like, wait, stop right there. And he's like, in pursuit. And he goes, shoots him three times in the back dang dang and there's people everywhere on the sidewalk dude you gotta see this shit it was so crazy because like all these mexican dudes like started coming up to them with their phone it's like hey man he shot my nigga he shot my nigga why the fuck you shot why you shoot my nigga you a bitch you a punk bitch you a coward and it's like literally like just like 10 or 15 people surrounding this cop who's on top of this like dying body and he's like, all right, everybody just calm down. Everybody back up. It was like, man, fuck you. They were like talking shit in his face. I was like, dang, dude. That That's is wild. fucked up. It's like, man, well, but like. What, what was the cop? The cop was white or black or what? Probably. I don't know. I mean, they, I think he's a white guy, but you couldn't see because uh, they released the footage from his body cam. Ah, and then he was trying. And then he was trying to say like, oh, he had a gun on him. He had a gun on him. It's like he had a gun on him. And you shot him in the back while he was running away right, for drinking in public. He was drinking in public. You didn't search him, but he ran away, and you know he has a gun. And so he's like, he's like, oh, there's a gun on him. Find it. It's somewhere around here. Get all these people out of here. There's a gun. He's bullshit. Bullshit. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was bullshitting really good though, because then like he even like got on the floor and like look underneath a car and shit. And it's like, dude, you know there's no fucking gun. You know there's he no fucking to play gun. It, he has to play it off. Yeah. Because of the body cam. Yep. And there's actually, it's so funny, there's um, there's actually a movie that just came out, uh, I think like two years ago, called Fruitvale Station. It was based on a true story. It's the same shit. It's, uh, you know Michael B. Know. Jordan? Michael B. Yep. Jordan? It's on Netflix. Fruitvale Station. It's pretty good. Fruitvale Station. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, and it oh. takes place in like Oakland or whatever, and it was, uh, yeah, Michael B. Jordan, he was like this like, like ex-weed dealer or something he's like trying to be good you know trying not to get in trouble for his daughter and shit and they like they even show him like he like has a pound of weed and he like throws it in the ocean he's just like i'm done right and then like that night he's just like trying to chill um but he's like in he's like gang related or some shit so like some other dude sees his tattoo starts trying to squabble with him on the train and so, like, when uh, the train comes to a stop, everybody, like, gets off, and the cops are like, no, stay on, stay on, and, like, you, 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 and they're like, basically, they just, like, put him on the floor, and the guy shot him right there on the floor. Damn. Like, while he was, like, yeah, it was, like, fucked up, you know? Uh, but it was a good movie. It was a good movie, and, like, Michael, you know who Michael B. Jordan is, right? Kilmanjo yeah, from, from Creed. You know, Creed, yeah, all that. Yeah, he, um... He was really good, and he was, like, all super hood and, like, thugged out in it. It was, it was interesting to see, like, his uh, different range or whatever. Is it the same guy that's in Black Panther 2? Yeah, yeah, Killmonger. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the same person. Yeah, it's the same guy. So, yeah, it was it's crazy, man. People getting shot up in these motherfucking streets. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm glad I'm in safe Indiana, where the worst case scenario, I might get harassed by white hillbillies and trucks, but that's about it. 
do you experience a lot of racism out there or no? Uh, is it that racist around here? I would say it's subtle racism, so it doesn't bother me too much. It's expected. It's America. It's the middle of Indiana or the middle of America, you know, the Midwest. And where I'm from, there is a lot of diversity, luckily, in northwest Indiana because we're outside of Chicago. There is a lot of diversity, so it's not like you're in the any area where you're never going to see black people or white people or Asian people. You're going to see all that shit because of Chicago. So it's not that bad. It's not com- bad compared to like, I don't know, probably what my brother experiences in Missouri. Yeah, I feel you. It's like out here, the, the racism is like super subtle. Like the racism yeah. is so subtle that it takes you 20 years to realize it happened. Like yeah, for, it's like that. Like in my like in my situation, I was a kid that was in trouble every day in uh, elementary school, like from kindergarten to eighth grade. And you know, granted, I was a little shit, but I wasn't the only little shit. I was just the only little shit that got in trouble every day. Um, all the other kids who were little shits, little white little shits, they didn't get in trouble as much as me. And I never thought about it back then because I didn't even know what racism was as a kid. You know what I mean? Like I. You know, I went to a pretty diverse... Well, it wasn't that diverse. I mean, there was diversity there. It was mostly, like, white and Asian kids, and they're all mostly, like, kind of rich. And it was... It got to a point where, like, you know, like, there's, like, one other kid. The funny thing is, like, the kid that I uh, actually got in trouble with all the time, he's, like, a famous movie and, like, film and TV star now. Yes. Uh, yeah, his name is Keegan Allen, and like me and this kid, we hated each other's guts. Like we we squashed the beef, obviously, because we're adults, right? And like we we still keep in contact or whatever. That was a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago, right? But we fucking hated each other. We hated each other. But the thing is, like, when you're in a class with thirty kids, right, and fifteen of those kids are boys. All right, you only have so many friends. So like, I'm friends with Albert, and I'm friends with Victor. And I hate Keegan, but Albert and Victor and Keegan are all best friends. So I got to hang out with Keegan every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so it was just like that. And uh, it was so funny, man. Like, I would always be the one that got in trouble, man. I would always be the one that got in trouble. Even for shit that I didn't do. And they would always blame it on me because I was like the unreliable kid. I was a kid. You know what my crime was? I talked too much. I didn't yeah. hit. I didn't I hit other. It. I didn't hit other kids. I didn't cause mischief. I didn't steal shit. I wasn't like beating kids up. I wasn't bullying kids. I wasn't doing anything crazy out of the ordinary. I was just a little loud motherfucker, you know. And I, I was always in trouble. Always in trouble. And it got to the point where my parents didn't believe me when I told them the truth because they're like, "Dude, you're in trouble every day. How can I believe you?" I'm like, "Dude, these motherfuckers are just blaming me for shit I did not do. I swear to God." And then after a while, I started to think, man. I was like literally the only dark kid in that class. Like, easy, easy to place the blame there. Yeah, there's okay. There's four darkies. There's four darkies. There's me. There is this Mexican kid. He wasn't even dark. He was just Mexican, but he was very quiet and shy, and he was ostracized. Uh, Then there's a uh, Salvadorian kid, and he was pretty loud, and everybody hated his guts. Um, He's cool though. I like him. Um, Shout out to Kevin. And then there was me. Most of the t- there was me. There was me. Black kid with a personality, right? Uh, oh, you have a personality? Shut the fuck up. And then the only other, like, person who was my skin tone was this Ethiopian kid who, like, had, like, hearing aids and slow motor functions. Like, he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't like, run very well. He couldn't, like, uh, he couldn't hear well. He, he couldn't write his name very well. Like, 
like he grew out of it. Now as an adult, you'd never think like this guy's like slow or whatever. But like he had you know developmental problems as a kid. So like he was very quiet. And nobody fucked with him. You know, I was the only kid that really fit the bill for like let's blame it on this motherfucker. You know, <laughs> you know? I do know what you mean. Uh, well, that's the, exactly that's the subtle racism. Yeah, and then like, like in my twenties, uh, I was just like, wait a second, was that some racist shit? Because I was like pretty much like the only black person that they could have like blamed shit on back then, you know. But, I think yeah. uh, what this is like episode ten or eleven. It depends how you look at it for the podcast, and I think maybe I've only had three. Only three of the guests were white. The other seven were black. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> it's funny. POCs, I don't know why. baby. That's just kind of coincidentally I got involved. I was telling you before in a black scene over here in Northwest Indiana. I started doing shows at this uh, D's Performance Comedy Theater, and it just happens to be in Gary, Indiana, where everybody's fucking black. So they uh, that's who comes to the shows. That's who performs at the shows. A couple of white dudes, and those are the couple of white dudes that have been on here on this podcast, aside from the dude Anthony Rasick from uh, Fort Wayne comedy scene. Uh, but just by chance, man. But I remember growing up on BET Comedy, so that's why I always liked black comedy shows oh i love black comedy uh i think i think black comics are uh in a way it's hard to say superior to white comics i think i think by nature black people are funnier than white people i've said that before i think think so too but i think black people are just gonna do better on television on TV, sure. it's going to be white comics because they're good at writing. They're good at that part. Yeah, they're, That exactly. part that takes formal education. You know, learning the language and having a master, uh, a mastering of the English language has a really large advantage. It gives you a huge advantage when you're writing jokes to know a lot of vocabulary and really good at analogies, really good at metaphors, even knowing what an analogy and metaphor are, that you're going to, you know, it takes some formal education for that. And the higher your level of formal education, the better you're going to be at those types of things. And the more influence you're going to get by those types of things you're going to be around parents who speak english well you're going to be more influenced to read books and watch tv shows that are witty uh, as opposed to somebody who's not growing around growing up around educated parents or educated people i feel you on that um and you know it, it sucks you know that obviously um there's a huge education problem with uh, the African-American community and the Hispanic community. It, like here in L.A., here in L.A., I think the graduation rate for black kids is like maybe 50 percent. Like it's That's fucking sad, bad, dude. It's, it's bad. really bad. And it's like you're thinking like, dude, this is L.A., but it's like there's a lot of communities that go under under uh, underfunded no resources you know it's like one of those things too where it's like they reward uh school systems that uh perform better right so it's like they they perform better they get more funding hey chanel she's squirming a lot i don't know what she wants baby's getting antsy she's getting antsy well baby thank you for joining us we really appreciate you having you on the podcast we'll have you again one day when you can talk and uh that'll be a whole different experience say bye so start thinking about what you want to say right now chanel i'm trying to trying to pawn her off she's all right (laughs) i was gonna start asking you about um the roast battle we haven't talked about that very much in this episode yeah and i'm still very curious to see uh what you're doing how you're doing and what's next for you uh so i think i'm like 10 oh no i'm like nine and five right now i had what are you ranked right now uh like 21 or something like that 
Uh, yeah, so it was a top 50 power ranking for you guys that don't know about Roast Battle. Uh, top 50 is ranked, and to be in the top 25 means a lot. It really does. Yeah, because, so, I mean, uh, like, if you look at the top 15 guys, they could all easily be top five, you know? Absolutely. They're all murderers. They're Everybody all, in that top 20, even. Yeah, pretty much is, like, could win on any given day. Yeah, um, I think I think I was I was just... 16. Ow! Chanel! Can you come get her? I was 12th. That was my highest ranking. I think my highest ranking was 16. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's so much harder to get up to that 12th spot now. It's so much harder. Like, you have to the really... The rat- deeper. Thank you. You have, to, you have to rattle off, like, three or four quality wins in a row. And, unfortunately for me, my most quality opponents have all beat me, uh, including you, Rena Hunter, uh, Leah K. Janian, who was a former number one, and... Um, Joey Rowe. Joey Rowe, who is killing it right now. He's fucking murdering right now. He, in like a one or two month span, he beat me and then uh, he uh, tied um, Robin Tran in what is immediately considered to be the battle of the year. Did I you see? Even, no, I wish I would have seen no. it. I, gotta, I haven't even read it. Dude, Joe had this joke towards the end where he's like, uh, it's like, me and Robin both have a lot in common. Uh, or no, he's like, yeah, me. He's like, I was I was adopted at a very young age, so me and Robin have a lot in common. Our fathers just want their sons back. <laughs> I was like, damn. But, dude, man, he got me too, man. It was tough because it was like all the jokes that I had prepared for him, I thought were fucking murder. Like, and... When I had told them, people were like, yeah, that's going to kill. That's going to, yeah. And then I got there, and then, like, they see me dancing around, blah, 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 blah. And they see this guy with, like, no legs. <laughs> they're like, fuck this guy, Caesar. You're like, fuck him, right? So, like, I start telling my jokes, and it's like, they'll get some laughs, but nowhere near the reaction that I thought Who they deserved. Who were the judges for you? Was it Jeff Ross? Uh shit. I always forget who the judges are. I don't remember, to be honest. It was... I think it might have been, like, Tony Inchcliffe and Jeff Ross and Mike Lawrence. But I don't know. I'm just guessing at this point. But, yeah, uh, I can't remember either. I watched it, but I don't remember. Yeah, so it was, it was tough, man, because um, he had some really great moments, too. He had some good comebacks, like... Um, he, he had this joke about me wanting to pretend to be black by, like, impregnating a fat white chick out of wedlock. And I was yeah. just like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck you, Joe. She's a beautiful lady. She's beautiful. Uh, she's yeah. beautiful, all right? Fuck you, Joe. How dare you, all right? She just had a baby. You yeah, go, yeah, and yeah. this guy in a wheelchair goes, walk it off. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody just dies laughing. And I literally, there's, like, nothing I could do at that point. Like, I still haven't come up. With a good comeback for that, like a month and a half later. Um, So I was just like, yeah, man, you know, congrats to him. Uh, He definitely needs more dubs than I do. (laughs) He's a killer. No, he's a great writer. He's a great writer. He does. He does. He, like, somehow pulls out those big Ws. But you know what? When he. Can't give them all to him. I beat him. Yeah. 
Oh, you did, yeah. Uh, lucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you get lucky, and he's off. He's off uh, point. He's not on point. But uh, no, I beat him because I had that one joke that uh, the stairway to heaven. Uh, stairway to heaven <laughs> joke. One joke. One joke won that battle for me. That was me. amazing. Yeah. Did he? Did so he do well in that battle? Yeah, he did had he like, a couple of good jokes. He had a couple of good jokes. He had a couple of jokes that were really funny, and uh, in my opinion. Could, he could have won. I mean, it could have gone either way for that one, but I just had that one joke that made the, the wave go crazy and the crowd go crazy. Yeah. Literally, that was the only reason why I won. If it wasn't for that one joke or if I would have botched that joke, I would have lost. Yeah. That's crazy. When he challenged me, I was just like, fuck. You know what I mean? Because I was like, man, <laughs> I got to – like I <laughs> – this is it was tough because I was like, man, this is like supposed to be like an easy thing for me, you know, because you know the guy's in a wheelchair, he's got cerebral palsy, he's got so many things, you know, like to roast on. But then it's like he's got this this whole condition where people don't want to laugh at him. You know what I mean? It's very hard. Like that joke that you that you just told, that one is like one of those jokes where it's like not mean, but it's just so fucking hilarious that people can't help but laugh at it. And I yeah. think maybe the jokes that I had were a little bit mean. Like I had one joke that I literally laughed my ass off every time I thought about it. And like Chanel, who never laughs at any of my jokes, she would laugh at that joke for weeks, for weeks and weeks. We were talking about this one joke before it happened. And was it his first words were raw? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's so, a okay. great joke, so man. That like, joke makes me laugh. So for anybody who doesn't know Joe, like he has an incredibly hard time speaking. He goes, you know, it's very labored speech and sometimes you can't understand what he's saying right it's takes a lot of effort for him you know like he's that's why he's got abs it's because it's so hard for him to speak you know he's got to push out every word he's got to push out every word like he's taking a shit you know and so like in my head i'm like oh yeah joe's first words as a baby were and like that would make me laugh so hard and he's got little t-rex arms he's got little t-rex arms yeah everything it was a fucking amazing joke in my mind right and then I get up there and I tell that joke and I was like, eh. it hit like it hit like a six out of ten maybe, like it was barely yeah. it, ba- it barely got on base. I was That's like, really? Feeling. I was like, really? I was like, that one was supposed to be like my sledgehammer, you know what I mean? That right, was supposed right, to be right. my home run right there, and it barely got any love. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, That's the worst feeling in the world. I yeah. Think, when you're like, all right, I'll get him on this next one. Yeah. And you don't, and yeah. Like, so it was fuck. like I kind of knew like how that was going and stuff. I've had a couple of tough losses against really good opponents. Um, so that, that was, that was tough. Like my, my only bad loss was to, uh, Victor Martinez. <laughs> that's like literally my only bad loss. Cause he's the only one that's not ranked out of the people that I've, that I've lost, uh, lost to. And you, and you should have won that one too. I remember you guys were out there. I, I think cause you guys went out there with your shirts off. It was like unfair. It was unfair. Yeah. Cause he was supposed to take, he it. looks funny. No, he was supposed to take his shirt off too. But he didn't. He left, oh, his, he robe left his robe on. on. So, like, if he had taken his shirt off, it would have been completely different because then it would have been like, you're like, all right, Dad Bod versus Jabba the Hutt, right? Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. instead it was like Dad Bod versus, oh, look at this boss wearing a boss ass robe, right? <laughs> I'm like, take your titties out, motherfucker. That's not part yeah, of the let deal. Us see it. Yeah. That, he chickened out, huh? He yeah. pissed out. But that's like, gonna, that, that's who I'm roasting next. Maybe I'll call him on it. Oh, it would be too difficult. It's like a two-year thing. Nobody will fucking know what you're talking Nobody about. Nobody will fucking yeah. know what I'm talking about, yeah. 
Uh, but you're still you're, relevant. You said you're roasting that guy from New York next, right? Who's that? Uh, his name's uh, his name is uh, James Pontello, and uh, he's a good dude. I mean, I talked to him on the phone for like an hour, and you know, got to know him a little bit, and he had an interesting approach. He was just like, he he's like, you know, once I started telling him about me, he's like, all right, all right, all right, just why don't you just tell me what people usually roast you on? <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. okay. And they roast me, you know. The, you know, I'm dating a white chick. You know, I've got a baby. Uh, I got a DUI, right? And, was, uh-huh. and he's like, yeah. Usually, what people roast me on, and he just like, he just start. He's like, this is what people. He's like, I'm very socially awkward. Uh, you know, I teach autism. My brother's autistic. My mom died. Uh, you know, so he didn't uh, really try to get to know you. He just wanted the highlighted yeah. outline. Well, I mean, bullet like we, points. yeah, we still, we still like got to know each other a little bit. We still, I still asked him a bunch of questions and stuff. And at the end of the day, I'm like, man, there's still not much I could talk about this guy on, you know what I mean? And then like, I actually, uh, listened to some of his up yesterday and, yeah. uh, and I was like, it was funny because all the things that I was going to make fun of him on were in his standup, which is like. I don't even remember all the jokes that other people use for him, but like when I saw his picture and his demeanor, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go for it. This guy's a creepy molester type guy. Right. And then okay. he gets on stage and he's like making all these, like, I molest my niece. I fucked my dad jokes. Like, oh, like yeah. Like I fucked my mom's dead bones. Like I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know if those are ex- the exact things, but there was for I sure one point. where he was like mm. talking about fucking his niece. And like being like making all these pedophile jokes and shit, and I was like, okay, so I'm at least on the right track. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and then like, he's when a, is that one? When's that battle? I think it's on the 24th or 26th. So it's coming up. It's not this Tuesday. It's next Tuesday. But it's only three jokes with a lot less pressure. But this guy is like, he's like 13 and four, or like 11 and four, or some shit like that. Like, is he ranked in New York? Yeah, he is, but not all. Like in New York, they have several different places where they do roasts. So, like, remember when we used to have like roast battle and roast wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have like their own shit out there too. I think they have like two or three different venues where they do roast battles. So, like combined, he's a certain record. He's only lost four times though. So uh, and I, and I've seen, would it be fair for me to start combining my roast battles over here with my roast battles over there and calling that my record? What's your record in Indiana? Three and one. Yeah, so you'd be 11 and four. Or 11 and three, right? 11 and three, yeah. That's pretty good. Why That's not you? fair, though, because it's not the same. This How's not it not the same? same? How's it not the same? Then you, I mean, what, you want to count the Temecula matches, too? Then that's another, I was two and oh out there. So you're 13 and three. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Thirteen record. and three so- combined record. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really good. I guess. I mean, I just, I don't think any other roast battlers are doing that. You know what I mean? Like, a, mm. any of those other top guys. Well, I mean, most of the other top guys aren't really going to a lot of different places. You know? Yeah, but, I mean, like, the same place. But like, for example, like when Kim Congdon goes from L.A. to New York and starts roasting over there, she carries her record with her. She does? Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of people who have gone from L.A. to New York and carried their records. Um, uh, Kim Congdon, uh, Lindsey Jennings. Uh, oh, which, by the way, I saw Kim Congdon in a commercial for, like, insurance or some shit the other day. I was like, oh, shit, get a girl, get a girl. I've seen her in a commercial before, too, for something. I can't remember what. Um, and then uh, what? it was, like, Credit Karma or some shit like that. Yeah, that's the one I saw her in. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 
Um, and then what else? There was a uh, yeah, like Eli Sayers flies back and forth to defend a title and shit. Yeah, what about Quentin Manoscalco? Mascaratalo or some shit. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people that fly back and forth and do these New York battles. I mean, like Heather Marulli and yeah, Mark but Stevens. Is New York the same as Fort Wayne, Indiana, or Gary, Indiana? You know? Yeah, the competition's probably a little bit different, but there's a shit ton of Indiana comics out in LA, man. Yeah, there's a lot of Indiana comics here. There's a lot there's of a that lot, are in Chicago. A lot of Indiana and Ohio comics. I don't know what it is. Indianapolis about. has a decent scene. Obviously, Chicago, Ohio, I don't know anything about. But Michigan, Illinois, I don't know, man. There's just like a lot of Midwest comedy. It's just hard to, to learn about it. It's not as popular as any of the shows in New York or L.A. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, like, so you've done comedy now in Chicago, Indiana, L.A., Korea, what am I missing? Kalamazoo, Michigan. Michigan. Uh, like random shows. Oh, I did Vegas? that show in Dallas, Texas. I w- I'm not a part of that scene or anything. Wait, but how many, how many scenes could you say you've been a part of? Three? I've been a part of one, two, three, four. Chicago and Indiana are, di- are different scenes. What's that? Chicago and Indiana are two different scenes. Oh, yeah, because Indianapolis is like four hours away from Chicago. So, I mean, there's some were you, crossover. Were you, but part not of that, that much. were you part of that scene? In Indianapolis? Yeah. When I lived there, yeah, I lived in Indianapolis for a little while when I uh, was bouncing back and forth. Oh, so, okay. I had. I lived there for three months. And okay. in that three months, I was a part of that scene. I did a lot of shows. Uh, luckily, got, you know, passed some auditions and did okay out there in 2015-ish. Remember when I left L.A. and came back? Remember when I was living with Jenny and left? <laughs> I'll, I, I'll tell you a funny story about her, but yeah. All right, so when I left, I moved to Indianapolis, and I did shows there for three months, and then I moved back to L.A., and that's when I was, uh, man, I worked it with that dog lady for a little while, and that's when I, what else, where was I living? I think I was living... I was living in Cerritos, and that's when you came and you saw that dude. That's when you first met him. That's when I had just come back from Indianapolis. Weird-ass dude, yeah. So, yeah, so let's say I started out comedy doing shows at Purdue University. I wouldn't call that a scene. But then I moved to Kalamazoo for a summer doing an internship, and I did shows in Kalamazoo, Michigan that whole summer for three months. So that was a scene. And then I moved to Korea, and I did that scene. And then I moved to Chicago, and I did that scene. And then I moved to L.A., and I did that scene. And I moved back to Indiana, where I'm doing Indianapolis and Gary and Fort Wayne. So that's seven scenes. Holy shit. So you... You still drive four hours to go do comedy in Indiana, Indianapolis? Yeah, I went out there two weeks ago and did a comedy competition, and I won. So I'm going to go back. You next won week. the competition? Well, it was like you. It was the quarterfinals or whatever. So now we're going to do the semifinals. Oh, nice. And then there's the finals. Oh, nice. Is there like a prize or something? Cash prize? I or? think you get booked. I think that's the. It's at a comedy club called Morty's, which is one of the more like legit comedy clubs in Indianapolis. You know, it's an actual club. It's a really nice place. Two drink minimum, all that shit. And uh, it's hard to get booked there. So that's one of the ways to get booked there is to get through this comedy competition well i mean I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they'll probably book you just off of the fact that you placed right uh they should and just based on the other acts that i've seen that they've booked there uh just from my little comedy resume i should be able to get booked there but for whatever reason when i did send them some videos they didn't book me mm. so this is another way to try but i don't live in indianapolis i so think that's a really big care, part of it. yeah 
Yeah, so they're they're probably booking people that they actually know, which is I'm sure what's going on. Yeah. So I went out there and I did that competition, and I know I've already been a part of that scene, like I said in 2015, and then bouncing back and forth now, where I recognize these guys and I know they're all friends, the ones that are already on the show, oh. the ones that don't have to compete. They're already a part of the show because they're all friends. And I'm like, that's what you, that's what the benefit of hanging out is. Like you were talking about, you don't get to hang out at Mike's much anymore. The benefit of hanging out at Mike's is that you get to know people, you get to network, you get to make friends. And then when your friends put on shows, they take you and put you on them with them, whether you're funny or not. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell Diana now that I'm in a relationship and I don't live in Chicago. I don't live in a comedy scene. I'm, you know, 30 miles away. Uh, it's hard to get out there and network. And that's why I don't get booked as often. I don't get booked as often because I'm not networking as much. Sammy, have you been getting paid for any of the spots you do? Yeah, I have. I got paid the other night. I did a show on the south side of Chicago, a super ghetto place. Like it was called the Juke Joint, super ghetto. Like the Walking Dead outside. Like everybody <laughs> was just dragging one leg and missing an eye and a tooth and begging for change. And it was just like a, a shit show outside. But the show inside again, a black show. Uh, and I killed. I did really well. I had a really great set. I did a lot of room work. I did a lot of crowd work. Uh, talk because I'm standing in front of a window and behind me is the ghetto of the south side of Chicago and all these people keep walking by so I had to play off of that played off of the comedians before me played off the bartender played off the old lady who refused to pay the uh, cover charge like some old lady just wouldn't pay so I played off of her for a while and then it just went really well my material worked I tried some new jokes because a lot of the the comics that I keep doing shows with week after week are there. So I want them to see me trying new material. So I did some new jokes that did really well. Uh, and that always feels good, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, slowly but surely I'm getting into this scene in Chicago, but it's like such a huge scene. It's just like LA. It's so big. You know, you could do shows on the South side or the West side or the East side or the North side or downtown. And those are all different scenes. They don't always cross, uh, so, I mean, cross pollinate. You, is there, are there like, a lot of opportunities to get on stage just like in LA like there's like you know 20 different mics a day or is it more like it's less there's probably more like 6 to 10 mics a day and then on like a Saturday hey, Sunday you're looking at more like 4 or 5 that's still really so good though it's a, it's really good compared to any other city, I'm sure. I mean, like I'm when, sure I went New to, York, when I went to LA. Vegas, when I went to Vegas, they had less mics in a week than LA does in a day. Yes, yeah, they like literally that. they literally ha- would have like two maybe three mics in a day that was it i'm like dang no it's not like that Mm. i'm glad it's not like that because uh i can go out like today is a monday i woke up and i'm like man i feel like doing some mics so i just went online popped on the chicago mic uh facebook page uh you know checked out those okay so i could do these this one this one this one i've done these three before i've never done this one i really like doing this one and i had a good six to ten options so that means I can do at least two or three, if not maybe four shows tonight, depending on where I get up on these lists. Hey man, uh, get out there early, that's bro. What you need, that's what you need a real comedy scene. So those days where you're like, damn, I didn't do a lot of shows last month or last week, and I really want to get my shit together. I got a big show coming up. I need to do a lot of shows this week and this month. You have that ability. And then you have the ability to put on your own shows, too. Chicago is that kind of scene where if I went to some random bar with a stage and said, hey, I want to put on an open mic every Wednesday night, I guarantee that that wouldn't be hard to put together as long as you're willing to be that responsible host. And I don't want to be a host. It's too much responsibility. That's not that much responsibility. What do you have to do? Okay, I'd rather be a host than a producer, though. 
Uh, I mean, because people keep coming up to me and asking me, like, dude, why don't we do shows at the Arsenal? I'm like, this place is not built for that, man. It's barely built for an open mic. Like, we don't even have a yeah, mic that's right. plugged in for anything. You know, it's like too much of like a restaurant setting. It's not really like conducive with the space to like put people not in there. You're right. But people keep trying to like ask me to produce shows. And I'm like, dude, man, if it was just like. I put out on Facebook one time, hey, come to this show at this time, and hopefully people show up. That's great. But I literally have to, like, come up with flyers. i got to, like, talk to the venue. They want to know, like, what's the head count. i got to figure out how many tickets I'm going to sell. And if I'm going to sell tickets, I can't just ask my comic friends to come because they're going to come in, try to get in for free, and want to get stage time. You know what I mean? Otherwise, they're mm. not going to show up and pay 5 or $10 to go watch people that they see 80 times a week bomb. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. like producing is a whole other animal. And unless you have a way to actually attract people to come to your shitty little bar show, it's right. not going to be easy, man. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay people, and they're not going to be happy, you know. Nice. Uh, if you don't, if you, you know, I've been to a bunch of shows. They put out a flyer, they put your name on it, and then you get there, and it's literally like the owner, the bartender, the four comics that showed up, and maybe like two or oh, three yeah, drunks yeah. that are not there for comedy. Yeah, remember that uh, Mexican restaurant show we did with Albamani and Victor Martinez that one time. Oh, yeah, the GT Comedy Jam. Yeah, the GT Comedy Jam, yeah, and it was exactly that. Like the eight people in the audience, and six of them were the comedians and yeah, the people that worked there. Yeah, yeah, and that's not fun, you know? And there was I mean? a flyer, and it was a build-up, and it was like, yeah, you know, seemed it, like legit. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead. Everybody promoted it, but it's like yeah. when you're promoting to your own comic community, Nobody's gonna be like, yeah. Let me go out. Oh, that looks nice. Let me go out to uh, to uh, you know, fucking the city of industry. You know, thirty minutes outside of LA, and uh, you know, hang out in the hood. Uh, at, you know, GT's comedy jam. Nobody's gonna show up. You know, is GT still around? Yeah, I still see him, dude. That guy, like, one day all of a sudden has a kid and is married to a white chick. And he's like what? all on Facebook and shit. I'm like, what the no fuck? Shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, he like all of a sudden has a wife and a baby. I'm like, what the fuck? Where That's did that wild. shit come from? That's somebody I met at Flappers. I met him at Flappers doing that same material, that same shit about eating pussy and shit like that. I was so I was walking down the beach. <laughs> I saw this girl, and I was like, hey. Let me eat your pussy. And she's like, all right. So we went down under the pier. And then I went down on her. And I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> That's like every fucking time. I remember I saw him do that uh, audition at the Flappers. There's an audition. The first time I went, I didn't know. I thought it was just an open mic. And uh, I got booked. And GT was there. And he did his bit, that same fucking bit. And they're like, GT, we tell you week after week, that's not the kind of comedy we want here. <laughs> it's like, you guys don't appreciate art. <laughs> exactly. He was just like, didn't give a fuck. He didn't care. Like, that's awesome. I like that shit. I had some fun, man. I feel like I was there for a good era. I was there for like when Roast Battle was new. When Roast Battle when was like, hot. Victor was still do first doing the garage mic. And so it was like he's still, fun he's as still, fuck. He's still doing it. Is it still fun as fuck, like when we were there? I haven't been able to go, man. I bartend on Saturday nights now. Because, like, ever since... It's a Saturday night. Yeah, ever since Chanel, um, you know, had the baby, well, she quit She quit the arsenal when she was, like, eight months. But... Okay. So, 
for listeners, I work at the Arsenal. I'm bartending there. I also host the show there on Sundays. Uh, after working there for a year, I brought my girl on because she is um, an amazing bartender, also amazing server, great with hospitality, and uh, she got a job, and they loved her immediately. Um, but, you know, she worked until she was like eight months pregnant. And the way we were doing it was literally I, I, I would pick up at least like two or three shifts a week. But the only shift that I was actually assigned to was Fridays. The only shift that she was assigned to was Saturdays. So, you know, I work like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes, whatever. She works Saturday. But, you know, she worked until she was eight months pregnant. And then I started picking up her Saturday shifts. So now, so then I went from just being there on Fridays to being there Friday, Saturday. So it's like, unless it's like a super dead night. There's nobody fucking there. I could leave like maybe 12 or 1230 and then jam out there, get there by 1230 or one. Then I'll be like one of the last like four people to show up and it's chill. You know, I get up. Victor is usually pretty good about letting you do at least, you know, seven to 12 minutes or something. Depends on how it's going. You know, he doesn't even really like, he doesn't really time attention. He doesn't pay attention. He doesn't time people. He kind of just has like a feel for how you're doing up there based on like, what he hears the audience, how he hears the uh, audience reacting. And then, you know, like he'll walk around, smoke a little bit outside, cough like a fucking crazy man. It's <laughs> 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 like, dude, how do you smoke this much and still cough like that every time? Like, it doesn't fucking make sense to me. Baby dude. lungs. Like, Jesus Christ. How do you have baby lungs with that fucking body that of much, yours? <laughs> with that much body. Yeah, he's got to be like, that body, he's got to be like somewhere around 300 pounds, right? I think Jesus, I don't know. I think maybe. He, he's not that tall, but maybe. No, he's like five seven, maybe. He's like five right. seven, five eight, or something. He's pretty short. Yeah. So the guy he, who I'm roasting next is Victor Martinez, and he's one of my first friends from just hanging out on the, the patio or the back stairs in the comedy store during show up, go up. Happy Father's Day to that him. Was, as well. That was that was as another highlight of my life, hanging out on those back stairs with you guys when I first was new to the comedy store scene. Hell yeah! That was so much fun. Dude, just hanging out. It, it, you know what? It'll never be the same to me, I don't think, because like wow. life has changed a lot. The comedy store personnel has changed a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's just it's not the same. You know, it's not new anymore. You know, I still yeah, love yeah. the comedy store, but like I get like weird feelings every time I go there sometimes, you know, like. Yeah, I, I feel weird, too. I know what you mean. Like every time I've like, gone. It can, it can be like really weird back, energy man. sometimes. Sometimes it's like like magnetic energy that you like you feel there you go there and you feel like you're home and you feel like holy shit like this is where i need to be this is where i was born to be you know and then like other times you go there and it just feels really dark feels like just dark pissed off energy (laughs) you know like well it's a lot of competition that's what people don't realize it's competitive and it's like a frat house and it's very clicky and boys clubby and i like that about it but after like you said you know once you've been through the ranks and you've you've gotten to that happy place where you feel comfortable there and hanging out there then all of a sudden all the people that you're friends with aren't around anymore and then it's like you're just kind of by yourself and like all the people that i used to hang out with hang out with like my close close friends stopped going and then i was there by myself trying to like make friends and that felt creepy exactly you hit the nail on i don't want to be that guy who's just standing around you know that feels uncomfortable because we had because we had because we had like we still have a pretty strong 
crew. It's just like we're all disbanded now. You know, everybody does their own yeah. shit. People don't hang out there like they used to. You know, show. Well, everybody sh- was relatively funny and somewhat successful. You got to admit, like even if it's low level success, like what Eric's doing with Channel Three Ten is, it's moving in the right direction. And Darren's still doing his thing and putting on good shows and whatever. He's still in college. You know, he's still going to college. Good for him. And, you know? uh, I don't know what Kenny Lyons doing, but I'm sure he's still grinding away, making people angry, but <laughs> getting naked on stage and being fucking nuts. Poor Kenny. And I bet he's still doing open mics. I haven't seen him in a while, but again, I've only done four open mics in the last month, and three of them were at the Arsenal. So, <laughs> and like, I looked at my notes and like I looked at the Arsenal. One of them said like Arsenal open. The other one said like Arsenal terrible. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. Because I mean, like a lot of times when I go there, like I don't really prepare, you know. And that's that's kind of what my problem was too. Is like the few open mics that I was doing at my own open mic that I hosted, I would go to completely unprepared, and then like I'd be drinking and not taking it seriously. And yesterday when I went, I was like, okay, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna do my set. I'm a, you know, really think about what I'm prepare what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna say before I go. Write it in your mind anyway. Yeah. So and then and then I'm going to. I only had one beer the entire time, and I think in my in my entire time doing open mics at the Arsenal, like I get a forty dollar tab every time I go, so I could just pretty much get unlimited beer, you know. Oh yeah. Um. Well, you know, forty dollar limit, but whatever. You know, they don't really charge. Get, they don't really charge you me. You can go far with forty dollars of beer. They, basically, yeah. what I'm saying is, they don't charge me for alcohol. They don't charge me for anything. I just go in there and I get what I want. Um, okay. This is the first time I think that I only had one beer. <laughs> like I usually will have like you know one beer for every three comics. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, easy, if not more. Um, no, anytime I go out to do comedy, I'm having some drinks. It's just part of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of inevitable. But like, even last especially night, especially open mic comedy, especially open mic, it's like, man, I'm gonna have a good time with this. Let me have a good time with this. This is the this is the workout. Let me enjoy it a bit. So I had so I had one beer, and then I drank soda water the entire rest of the night. And then uh, did you have good sets? Yeah. Aside from getting yeah, played I had, off, I had I had two really good sets. I was, and that was actually one of the first times that I actually felt good about my set at the at the improv because usually when I go to the improv, I always get a blade. The crowd is always shitty. It's always late, so I've already had like some drinks in me. I might have smoked a few hours earlier, so I'm not on my best. That's another thing. Like I've been really trying hard not to smoke. At least like eight hours before I know I'm gonna do comedy, you know. Like if I'm gonna That's smart, like if I like, cause even when it like I'm no longer high, there's still kind of like a wear down of. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I'll still kind of be a little bit, mm, just not as sharp, you know. And yeah, and you don't notice it when you're just like talking to people or whatever. But then when you're on on stage and you're trying to like be completely focused and then you're not you're like what the fuck you know so that was another thing like but you've been like that for a while you've been telling me that you don't want to smoke before you get on stage but now you're pushing the timeline pushing back, the timeline eight hours. back. yeah i'm pushing it back so like i didn't even smoke yesterday until like i usually would like smoke you know in the day you know maybe like around like two o'clock i would smoke and then i'd be like all right cool i'm gonna do my mic at five that should be good right but like yeah. yesterday i was like no nah, i'm not even gonna smoke i'm not gonna smoke before i even go and like I didn't smoke until I left the improv, you know. I hit my little pen on the way home, and that was cool. That was cool. Um, 
but I do miss those shows though, like those improv shows or shows at like the comedy club, a comedy store. I mean, like you can't you can't deny it once you're out of that scene and it's no longer an option. It's like, man, I should have done way more shows there. I should have hung out at the store a little bit more. But it, you know, I should have if I could do it all over again, I would do it where I uh like make con- like purposefully make connections, like be a fucking Palmer more, be more of a Palmer. <laughs> like fuck it, just fucking palm my ass off, and just not care because at the end of the day, all the people that you considered your real friends go on to do their own thing anyway. So why not just have fucking fake friends that get you on shows? Right. Like why not? What's the difference? And I would drink, spend less, uh, spend less time drinking, of course. But even the the amount of drinking I did there, I never went crazy overboard. I don't regret too much. Um, <laughs> I don't regret too much, man. I had a good time. I made some good friends. I feel like, again, like I was there at a really good era. And I, I'm going back in August. It's not over. Uh, who knows? Diana wants to move to California. She's really happy that you guys are there. She loves Chanel. And uh, Chanel's not from there either. So it would be good for Diana to have be friends with somebody who's not from there. You yeah, know, so they have a lot more in common. It's important, man. Because, um, yeah, Ch- Chanel doesn't really have a big uh, network out here. You know, she, she has a huge network in Montana, where she's from. She has a huge network in, you know, three different cities in Canada, where she's from also. But out here in L.A., she's only got a few people. And... You know, that's really it. She's got a few people, and then she's got me and my family. And, you know, my family has welcomed her with open arms, but, you know, that's still my family. You know, it's like. What about where she was, uh, when you guys worked at, uh, what is it, Loteria together? What was it called? Oh, yeah, we don't hang out with anybody from there, though. No, nobody from there? That's where you guys Uh, met. Well, we, we have a couple of friends that we keep in touch with. But, uh, that's about it. Like the, like the guy who got me my other job. Uh, doing like stage work uh, for the local union and you know, like setting up concerts and stuff. Uh, he, you know, we keep in contact with him, but he's like 65, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, kicking it. Yeah, and dude, he just had like a like a weird heart condition. So, like, we used to go out for like drinks and eat and stuff, like, but his diet is completely changed. Like, he can't drink anything. He used to work out every day. He was like a buff old guy. He was like, like, you would see him, you're like, dude, I'm not fucking with this guy. He's, like, a buff yeah. dude, you know? But, like, he's, like, he can't work out anymore because, like, heart condition, you know? He, he used to, like, fucking lift a lot. That's crazy. That sucks. So, like, you try to stay healthy by working out and then you can't work out? Yeah, can't work out, can't drink beer, can't drink wine, can't fucking eat most food anymore. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, they told him he can't work. Healthy. I'm like, dude, you're just going to – what are you going to do now? But now uh, both of his daughters just got pregnant, so now he's about to be a grandpa, and he's probably moving up north to Sacramento to be with his kids now. He's like, yeah, man, there's nothing left in L.A. for me. I'm like, fuck, that sucks. So, but, yeah, I don't know. We don't really have uh, too many other friends. But, I mean, like, you know, I still have my network, so, you know, she, you know, she has made friends with my close friends, you know, so that's good. But, yeah, yeah, dude, I mean, like. Do you hang out with any comics, any of those guys you like kicking it with? No, I mean it'd be nice, but not really. I mean, like it's I so. Mean, you like, were really the only comic I ever hung out with outside of comedy, like you yeah. and Tony. <laughs> Tony. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Tony somehow became my one of my closest friends. Just like, oh, because we battled each other. That's why we started hanging he's out. He's cool. He's cool. And, uh, I like him a lot. He was just one of the few people in all of my LA experience that used to call me and be like, "What are you doing? Let's do something." You want to hang out? You want to come with me here? You want to do this with me? Uh, no one else would do that, but Tony. Tony's a nice guy. You and Tony were the only ones that would like call me to hang out. I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious that we've been here for an hour and a half. 
and you're closing up and you've got like probably about a minute left before you close up you're like i gotta take a piss <laughs> no you know i got that problem i got that problem man let me tell you that that material kills in a middle-aged audience because everybody understands <laughs> i like everybody my relates. dick leaks too hell yeah man and it's great when i have that joke and i see people like getting up to use the bathroom in the middle of my set and i could call them on it like you can't wait three minutes you overactive bladder motherfucker <laughs> like yeah me too i, I know that shit i recognize that shit when i see it <laughs> me too That's birds of a feather brother yeah man i had a really good set like that not too long ago because the guys in the front row i seen them all in the bathroom earlier right before i got on stage so the fact that they had to go again I could rip them on it. I was like, I seen you in the bathroom, motherfucker. I know you just went. So you're doing cocaine or you got an overactive bladder. That's hilarious. No one goes to the bathroom that much. You're pissing me off, man. Uh, so tell me about Cinderella. So you, you, I, I remember, I think I was around when you first wrote it. Wasn't Probably. that like a couple of years back? Oh, yeah. This is like years in the making at this point because, um, you know, like – Probably two years ago, almost at this point, I had written this joke. Uh, yeah, probably like two years ago is when I had wrote the joke. And, you know, um, it was just like a little beatbox song. So, like, the premise of it is, you know, like, rap these days is so juvenile. You know, it feels like a third grader could write this shit. Shit, I could write a, I could write a third grade rap. I am a nice fella. Look at foe. A Cinderella gotta go and get a bibbity bobbity boo. Bitch, I was looking for you. Here is your shoe. <laughs> Bitch, I was looking for you. Here is your shoe. Cinderella, 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 right? It's easy, you know? Just made a song right on the spot. Um, and then, you know. And, we're, and what, you were, you were, you had just been doing some other, uh, raps on stage, right? What was it? The, I've done a couple of, the dog one? Yeah, I've done a couple of raps. I haven't written any new raps in a while, but I should, cause I've got, I get ideas and then I just like, kind of, I'm like, oh yeah, I could do a rap about this. Like, uh, shit, I was listening to a Tupac song yesterday. Fuck, what was it? Uh, oh, so it was like, I'm a straight rider. You don't want to fuck with me, right? Uh, right, yeah, yeah. so I was thinking like I could do a song like "Ambitions of a Rider." Yeah, I was right? thinking I was thinking like I could do a parody that's like uh, I can't deny it. I'm a script writer. You don't want to edit with me, you know? Like, yeah, and yeah, they still funny. ain't booking me. But then I'm like, uh, then I gotta fucking I don't know. That's that's like an idea or whatever. I like that shit. When you would come to me, and be like, "Hey, Albert, I just wrote this rap," and then you would like rap some shit for me, and I'd be like, "That's awesome." <laughs> we, I remember we were in like the street, or we were in Victor's garage, Mike, like just random times. You'd be like, "I just wrote this rap in my head right now." <laughs> yeah, man, I'm stupid like that, but you know, the the weed be making me think crazy, man. Uh, but yeah, so then like, yeah, the- but that's what makes you like fun to watch on stage and the roast battle because I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do. You're you're out there just wiling out, Dude, balls to so the wall. I'm, I think it's awesome. So I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking uh, with this roast battle that I got next week. Okay, so I don't know if you remember um, when I was battling Jesus Era, right? So my conundrum with that battle. I knew ahead of time that he probably wasn't going to bring it, and I was right about that. Um, like, not that— He was all low energy? Yeah, low energy, and, you know, he hadn't done well in his previous roasts. So, you know, until he had proven himself, I wasn't really going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not saying that he's not funny or anything, just that he was inexperienced and he was a new comic. And, you know, he didn't really do well in his previous roasts. So I was, like, not really sure what to expect other than— 
if he bombs, I'm going to have to do amazing or else they're going to fucking see me as a bomb too. You know what I mean? Because it's like one of those things where like your jokes can be good, but if the other person is dead, like nobody's going to laugh at your jokes and then you're good. It could bring everything down. And you could get that double loss. You know what I mean? So I was like, I got to go. I was like, I got to go above and beyond to like, I got to perform the shit out of this. So Jesus is Cuban. I'm Dominican. It's basically like North Dakota and South Dakota. It's the same culture, but nobody gives a shit, you know. But like North Dakota and South Dakota are probably talking shit to you. Say, the fuck North Dakota, man. Fuck South Dakota, you know. Like it's the same shit with like Cuba and Dominican Republic. It's the same people, but you know, there's like unnecessary beef just because they're like, no, I'm from the east side. You're from the west side, right? So yeah, then, stupid shit. So then I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to dress up as like a fucking typical Dominican guy. I got like the Guayavera, which is like the, funnily enough, it's like a Mexican shirt, but it's always associated with Cuban people. Uh, even though Dominicans wear that shit too. It's called a Guayavera because it has so many pockets. People you literally pick uh, Guayava berries and, and put, put it in, in their pockets. pockets. Yeah. Um, and you know, I came in, I wore glasses. He's like, what the fuck? You wore glasses. Like you stole my whole persona from me. You asshole. Right. Uh-huh. But then, you uh-huh. know, I was doing like the accent like this the whole time. I did every joke like this and you know, yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah. people didn't know what to expect and they fucking loved it. You know? Yeah. It was awesome. I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm gonna pull this off because I'm gonna have to stay in character the whole time, but I'm thinking I should do a character for my next battle with James Pontio because I kind of feel the same way where I wasn't that confident in my jokes against the suit. So I was like, these are okay jokes, but uh, they're all like in my mind, like my best joke was maybe like a seven and a half or eight out of 10. And I needed that. No, perfor- I, no, I, know what you mean. I needed that performance to really like to pick up the slack, yeah. carry the jokes. Yeah. So I'm like, James is an incredible writer. He's an incredible roaster. He, like I've like I've seen his videos and he's got multiple videos that all got like ten or twelve thousand k views. Uh, yeah. yeah, I gotta look this guy um, up. And they're like, it's great. You know, they're the format in uh, New York is different. They do instead of like three rounds of three, they do one round of five and then a round of eight jokes. So they do a Damn, round thirteen. Yeah, jokes? so they'll do one round of five jokes and then another round of thirteen jokes. Um, and so I was like, holy shit. And you know, you watch it and you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. So I'm like, I got three jokes. I got a lot of boring ass jokes. I'm going to have to do a fucking character. So I'm thinking like I can do, I've got like this Dodgers shirt, you know, I could wear like LA shit and I'd be like, yeah, fool. Like, <laughs> like I think I'm, no, oh, that's funny. I'll wear this. And then, do you remember that wig I wore in the Cinderella video? Yeah. I think I'm aware of that shit. I think I'm. A, yeah, well, t- I think I'm gonna come in as like. A, I think you should do I it. I think I'm gonna come in as a crazy little homie, you know, like like yeah, nigga, blah 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 blah, blah right? <laughs> Just like super character and be like, yeah, man, we doing this for Los Angeles. You got, you better step or yeah, some shit. Yeah, I don't know. Say some stupid. Does shit. he live in L.A. now or is he still? No, in New York? he he's flying out here. He lives in New York. Oh, he lives shit. in Queens. Oh, that's shit. He's flying out there to do that. Well, shit, I'm flying out there to do a three Joker too. Oh, you are. So I gotta, I gotta bring, yeah, with Victor, it's three jokes. Oh, oh, I thought you meant you were flying to New York. I was like, what? No, 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 tell it. Yeah, well, I mean, you should be easy. 
It should be easy with uh, Victor. Well, he hit me up like a month ago asking me questions so he could start writing already. I'm like, man, I have not started writing already, but that that I mean, is I very. Hope, un- I hope he brings it. I mean, I just want the show to be good. That's very unlike shitty. That's very unlike Victor to uh, be writing for jokes like two months out because. Well, he was happy. I mean, he told me he's like, I just think it's cool that you accepted my challenge, even though I'm not ranked, and you can get bigger main main events if you really wanted to. And I was like, dude, honestly, I asked a lot of other people and they all either didn't get back to me or said no. Uh, and you're, you know, somebody I do consider a friend and I think it would be fun. I do prefer to roast somebody I actually know. It is more fun. You get to hang out before and after and, uh, you know, it's it, it makes it a little more casual to talk on the phone, to get to know each other when you actually are friends. Yeah. I like that part too. Like even with Pat Barker, luckily Pat Barker is such a nice guy. Oh, Pat and Barker's amazing. Like the two people I've lost to, Omid's. Super fucking nice. No nicer person on the planet. Pat Barker, the same category. No nicer people to know that are involved with high-level L.A. comedy. Uh, it, it's incredible, man. Just to, to have the ability to talk with those guys freely. And even somebody like, uh, you know who else I like a lot is Cena. Oh, yeah. Cena's fucking awesome. Yeah, Cena's dope. He kills it as the Saudi prince, oh, man. That man. shit is priceless, He's dude. Amazing. He is so fucking funny. He's amazing, yeah. And we keep in touch. Twitter. Twitter is me and uh, me and Cena keeping in touch. Oh, I don't think so, I follow I mean, him on Twitter. I should follow him. I can't wait to go out there and roast Victor. I think that it'll be a lot of fun. I just want to come up with some really creative jokes. Like, I don't want to go just for the win. I want to go for the wow factor, too. You know what I mean? Like you're saying. Like, bring a little extra, a little extra stank. Yeah, because that, normal, was, that you know? was your biggest criticism when you were roasting is that you went for, like, easy opponents. You didn't really have quality wins. And, like, your, your wins were just kind of like they were just like yeah like like, like not not memorable. not memorable wins they're just kind of like all right yeah you won but like what happened i don't remember except for the yeah. joe urell joke and no i the only you really good showings i had was a uh, guam i murdered guam but I, I think people don't even remember that probably but it was a pretty good murdering that was good too he, uh, had, he had some really funny silly jokes yeah, I yeah, I, but he, I think but he, has, big he has a lot of Guam he has a lot of we talked he a lot. has a lot of weird. Jokes. Guam was really easy to interview. Me and Guam had dinner or coffee together. I can't even remember what, and uh, we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked for hours. And he's just like open and bubbly and positive, and told me all about his life. And it was really interesting. Yeah, and good, I just roasted the shit on him on that shit. Yeah, Guam's a good dude. Yeah, he is. Always positive, always full of energy, always giving me good advice. Dude, he's hilarious, man. I fucking love watching him, like, creep girls out in the audience, but then it's so fucking funny. It's so funny. Yeah, I brought him to do some shows with me, and he's fucking, yeah, creeping out women, for sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's part of his act, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, But, uh... Yeah, man, I was trying to get to, to that Cinderella shit so we could talk about your social media so I can get out oh, of here. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What else you got, uh, what else you got going on uh, yeah, social so, media-wise? People can find yeah, you. Yeah, so check out Cinderella um, by find, you can, uh, it's on YouTube under my name, spelled C-A-E-S-A-R, like Caesar's Palace. If you look up Caesar's Palace, you'll know how to spell my name. A lot of people spell it incorrectly. It's 
It's Cesar. Not, not mm. Caesar. It's Cesar. C A E S A R. That's the cool way to spell it. That's the right way to spell it. That's the right way to spell it. That's the right way to spell it. People always spell it wrong. It's, it's hard. Right. And then, Caesar's Palace, Lizardo. And then my last, my, last, uh, my last name is Lizardo. Like lizard with a no at the end. So that's kind of rem- easy to remember. Caesar Lizardo, Cinderella. You can find that. It's a dope fucking song. And I'm, I'm, it I'm really sad. It's a funny video. It's a funny ass video. I'm just sad that it only got like a couple hundred views, like total. Yeah, it's weird how that happens, man. I want to know what's the formula. I don't know I'm either. Telling you this. I think the formula is to have a bunch of videos and then release them all like within a week of each other, one after the other. Yeah, exactly. So, cause... well, that's what helps with the podcast too. So I got to record a couple of them in a row because now that I've had a big gap. Uh, it's going to be harder for me to get people to start listening again. So I have to release like one after another, after another, after mm-hmm. another. So I'm going to get Tony Bartoloni on here. I'm going to get my cousin Angel. I'm going to get, uh, I don't know who else right now. Oh, my friend Johnny C, a comedian from over here. So I'm going to try to mix it up. The next person, my cousin Angel, he'll be the first non-comedian that I'm going to have on the podcast. But he's a bad motherfucker, and he deserves some uh, some shine. Now, two things, two uh, things. Uh, all right, so, go ahead. What else? All right, so social media for uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me at Squeeze the Day Twenty One. Squeeze the Day Twenty One. Like seize the day, right? Um, you know, my name is Caesar. Seize the day. People call me Squeeze. Some people call me Squeeze. So Squeeze the Day Twenty One. <laughs> uh, and also, too, I know I spoke about this last time, but just to make it easier for you, so you don't have to edit it out, you tell that motherfucker Tony Bartolone he's got a target on his back. You tell him I said so. <laughs> all right, because all right, this is what happened. All right, and I'm gonna tell the story again. Like, uh, so he goes. Uh, so like a few years ago, he was I think like four and two, and I was like four and three, and. He had he had started off four and zero, and then he was like four and three. And I had started off zero and two, and then I was four and two. And so we had similar records, but like very different trajectories, you know. Like he started hot and started to dwindle, and I started colder than ice, and I was starting to surge. And I hit him up. I'm like, hey, do you want a battle? And he kind of just looks at me and is like, uh, no, I'm okay. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, you think you're better than me. All right, that's cool, right? All right, that's cool, right? So then, you know, whatever, whatever happens uh, over the course of the next year, I win a bunch, he loses a few times. Now I'm ranked higher than him, like by like 10 or 15 or some shit, right? Um, And, you know, he started respecting me a little bit more. He started asking me for uh, advice on his roast jokes. I started helping him with his roast jokes. We have a great relationship, right? But then about a month ago, he hits me up and he's like, hey, man, uh, would you like potentially want to roast? And when he said that, it was funny because I had kind of been like waiting for that moment for a while. You know, like I was like, yeah, he's, I I like, he's going to come back. And he's going to probably challenge me at one point when it just makes the most sense. Right. And I thought about it and I scrolled up a little bit and I could see the conversation where he, you know, just like LOL'd me. Right. Kind of blew you off. You and, know. and I, and I saw that and I tabled it and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be like, yeah, okay. That sounds great. So I say that and then I go, uh, I was like, I'm going to go text Jay light. Now I text Jay light. I CC Tony and I'm like, Hey, battle, battle, battle. Tony has challenged me. Right. Well, I never heard back from Jay. I heard back from Tony about 20 minutes later. He's like, oh, hey, um, yeah, no, I was maybe – I don't really want to battle. I was thinking maybe like 
farther down down the line. I was just wondering if maybe one day, but I just can't right now. I was like, why That's the fuck end. Would you ask me if I wanted a battle if you didn't want a battle, right? So now I look like it. Well, that's like what happened to me and Jacob Trimmer. So now I feel like I'm the asshole in that situation. What happened with Jacob Trimmer? Uh, he he challenged me, and I said yes. And then the next day, he's sending a message to Brian Moses, and I'm like, no, man, I meant eventually. I didn't mean right now. And he got really upset. He's kind of shitty to me ever since then. <laughs> he's kind of a shitty person anyway, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't care because me and him were never him were never friends. But it still, I felt like he he should have been understanding. I was like, man, I told him right away, like right away. No, 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 I didn't mean right now. So I was like, you only thought you were gonna battle me for about fifteen minutes. You can still come so out here. It's not like you should. You should battle. It's not like you prepared. You should, you should. I did. I challenged him recently, and he said that he's gonna take a break from battling for a while to concentrate on his stand up. Oh, interesting. But Galena Ravina told me that, and then she was battling right away. Mike Schmidt told me the same thing, and then he was battling right away. So people just don't want to battle me because I don't live there anymore. I'm no longer relevant. I don't know. I think maybe people see it as a challenge more than anything, and they're like, yeah, no, I don't want to, um, you know, put yeah, myself up. Uh, high risk, low benefit for them. Big, yeah, probably that. It. That's Actually, I, that's exactly what Pat Barker said about me in an interview with Earl Skakel on the Inappropriate Earl podcast. Uh, Pat Barker verbatim said to Earl Skakel that I'm a high risk, low reward battle for any top ranked roaster. Wow, that's. But that's why that's, he said he said yes to me. That's kind of. And he said kind, that, he said he likes a challenge. That's why he said yes. That's that's kind of like an insult and a compliment at the same time. Yeah, I took it as both an insult and a compliment. A compliment from him, an insult to all the comedians that said no to me or didn't respond to me. Uh, and then, like he said in that same interview, that Omid is such a good person that he'll say yes to anybody, and he's such a fierce battler that he'll win against like battle rappers and whoever fucking challengers are. You know, he's just so funny. Should I should I challenge Omid? I bet you could get a yes from Omid. Absolutely. You think so? I don't think he would say yes. He probably. He probably. I think he would say he, yes. He, I think he's one of those people that would say yes to anybody. He, he'll, he'll, pro- he'll probably do one of those uh, Tony Bartoloni things, like eh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> he said yes to me. I don't know. I feel well, you know me. You're ranked higher than I am. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't uh, think I was ranked higher than you when you battled Omid. You were still eight and one. That's when I was ranked twelve. You're, you're, no, I, I I battled Omid when I was eight and zero. Oh. That's when I got the Omid battle. Omid was the first one I oh, lost to. Then Pat you Parker. did Omid, then Pat Parker. Yeah, mm. so I I was well. That's what I see. That's what I'm, that's what I'm when saying. I challenged Omid. You literally had the best record, and you're ranked twelfth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck is that shit? That's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. Okay, well, I got to get going, man. So uh, this is the Pet Peeves Podcast once again. Uh, with here is Cesar Lazardo. We'll get him back on the podcast anytime in the future. Find him at Squeeze the Day 21. Uh, find his Instagrams, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. He's got some videos out there, and he's got uh, the Cinderella video. Find the Pet Peeves Podcast on Instagram at Pet Peeves Podcast or at, on Twitter at Pet Peeves Pod. Uh, send any pet questions to either of those. You can send pet questions to at petpeevespodcast at gmail.com. I do have those Facebook questions that I'm going to answer. Follow me at Albert Escobedo on Instagram and at Albert M. Escobedo on Twitter. I'm going to go do some comedy in Chicago tonight. Guys, uh, this is going to come out way in the future, so don't, you're not going to come to those shows. But whatever. Find me. Come see some shows. Follow Caesar. We'll see you guys next time. 
Uh, final thought, since this is a pet podcast. Um, yeah, fuck my mom's dog. All right, that's it. <laughs> All right, fuck Caesar's mom's dog, you guys. <laughs> oh, you can find the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. I always forget to say that shit. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Wait, 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 wait. If they're listening to this, haven't they already found it? I don't know, maybe, but they could find it on other fucking... I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you're right. They've already found it. Well, tell your friends they can find it. If you're an Android, Stitcher. If you're on Apple, iTunes. If you're on the computer, SoundCloud. All right? There you go. All right, man. All right, Peace man. out, Thanks bro. for being here. Absolutely. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Tell the baby in Chanel I said bye. Will do. Later. All right, Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 10 of the Pet Peeves podcast. Let's give a big thank you to my guest, Cesar Lazardo, one more time. You guys can check out the episode on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, it'll be posted later on this weekend. Uh, stay tuned, you guys. Episode 11 to be recorded sooner than later. Peace out! Thank you.